Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine Putve, and today I am joined by a very special guest, the voice of the Mississauga Steelheads, Mike Carefalides. Welcome to the show, Mike. Uh, thank you, Blaine. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. It's a pleasure of mine. I've I've been waiting for you to come on for quite some time. Uh, we've been in <laughs> contact for a few years, and to finally get you on, it, it's it's exciting. Yeah, no, thank you so much. And I uh, just want to say congratulations to you on that great honor getting a medal. Uh, man, it couldn't be somebody better. And uh, we're lucky to have people like you serving our country. Well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, it's uh, it's kind of humbling to get them. but And uh, and you do such a great job with the, the mantra with this podcast. It's unbelievable. So you and uh, you and Matt Smith. So right, that's good to see. Thank you very much. I'm really happy that you're, you you like the work you you listen to the show. Being a Habs fan now yourself, uh, yeah, it's a big deal for us to have a larger community. Absolutely. Now, um, hey. as the uh, the voice of the Steelheads, you traveled with the team. You've watched them play all season long. You've seen what they're about and where they're at right now. They're sitting around fourth in the conference, and they're they're ready to make that leap forward into contention. Uh, what have you seen from the team overall so far in the first 20, 25 games? Well, the team really, really started off uh, really hot, uh, winning, I think winning five games in a row. Uh, Luca Delbel, Belouz, James Hardy uh, and the gang, um, Ethan Del Mastro, uh, Owen Beck, of course, uh, Montreal draft pick, uh, uh, Zach Lebois, Luke Misa, everybody, just the team really came together and uh, was really, really on a hot streak, really, really playing well. Uh, the last six games has been kind of like a down streak. Uh, they did win their last game on Sunday against the Kingston Frontenacs by the score of uh, four, excuse me, uh, five to five to three or five to two. I can't even remember now. But anyways, my goodness, uh, time flies. But yeah, they ended up winning their game on Sunday against Kingston Frontenacs and leaping up in the fourth in the uh, Eastern Conference. But yeah, I know this team is really coming together. The goaltending uh, is kind of a 1A, 1B situation right now with Alessio Bellieri coming over from Switzerland, uh, the uh, import draft pick, and of course the um, uh, Ryerson Leanders uh, rookie, 
uh, starting his first year for the Steelheads. But uh, these two have been uh, really, really playing well. Like Alessio Belliere is pretty much the one A kind of guy, but uh, Ryerson Lean is as soon as he's got every time he's gotten in, gotten into a game, he's played absolutely fantastic against Sunday against uh, Sunday against the uh, Kingston Frontenacs. He was stopping everything in sight. Uh, and just you know, really, really playing well for a rookie, and uh, as well as Friday, it was a loss against the um Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, where the team was just flat. It was just one of those games, you're always going to get those games uh during the year, and uh, he really, really played well as well. So, uh, in that game against the Hounds, but overall, the team is is really, really coming together now. Um, I mean. You, James James Richmond really likes structure, and he's probably, in my opinion, there's a reason why he was the coach of the year last year in the OHL. This year, you know, he wants his guys to play the structure that he played lot that they played last year. Uh, they're 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 really really coming together now, uh, understanding the structure, um, and these are the things the growing pains that you know, especially sixteen to twenty year olds have to learn is the structure, right. And uh, they're, they're really they're, they're really playing well, and I, I just expect them to really make a push for it, uh, especially with all this talent uh, moving forward. Now, I'm going to ask you about that in a minute, but I wanted to ask about uh, coming out of this five-game losing streak uh, with that big win against Kingston. Was it something that uh, Coach Richmond did to adjust, or was it one of these things where the players were just – it was just the wrong bounces at the wrong times, and they just stuck to the process? Yeah, I mean, they just really stuck to the process. It was, it was all the structure, and every time the Steelheads play the James Richmond hockey, the forechecking, the hard, uh, hard play, taking your man out, uh, playing the playing the right way. Um, every time that happens, this Steelheads team is the best in the league, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I'm not just saying that because I'm a Steelheads broadcaster at all. <laughs> But uh, no, I mean, they're really, really playing well. And uh, yeah, it's, it wasn't bounces during the, during the losing streak or anything like that. It was just one of those things, I guess, like I said, like every team goes through it. And I'm glad that they went through it now, I guess you could say. Um, because on Sunday, as you know, we just said, the structure was good. The, the, playing, the playing was good. The talent was there. Um, you saw them coming back as a unit, going forward as a unit. Um, that's what James Richmond and staff likes, right? And that's the way uh, I call him the Bill Belichick of uh, uh, junior hockey. That's for sure. Like you know, he, it's hard to get. He, he's such a, he's such a good coach, uh, and there's a reason why he's the coach of the year. And the guys really buy into his system. Like uh, so many guys have graduated from his system from from the Mississauga Steelheads, which. Um, everybody kind of passes up on like they, they kind of overlook it like Owen Tippett for example Mikey McLeod like those guys right like those guys always give James Richmond credit and staff for what they've done to help them with their game right um yeah so the move like the, the team the team's really looking good right now so uh we'll see on Friday night this weekend should be a really really a good test let's just say yeah, and with Mississauga right there behind Peterborough, and Peterborough making a couple of big moves to uh, to to make that push for their own championship run. Uh, now, Coach Richmond is also the GM. Is there mm-hmm. is there any rumblings that he might be looking to uh, spice up the roster a little bit to make that really deep run? 
Well, I, I, I feel, I feel he's going to add, in my opinion, I feel he's going to add. I don't, I don't know for sure, but um, I feel he is going to add because you look at it this, I look at it this way. Um, most likely you might be losing players like going back next year. You might be losing players like Ethan Del Mastro next year, Luca Del Belbelouz. Uh Those are the three. And James Hardy, of course, uh, the overagers. Uh, Charlie Callahan, that's another guy, heart and soul of the team. And Chaz Sharp. Um, I think he'll be looking to add. Um, it's just, what do you add at this point? Um because this team is is really loaded. So if you're going to add, maybe I if it was if it was me, like I said, I'm not the GM at all or head coach, and thank goodness I'm not because my team would probably I I you know I might be the next uh, Niagara Ice Dogs GM, Darren DeBobbler, and changing everything all the time. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's just a total joke, but. Um, yeah, no, if, if they're looking to add, maybe they'll be looking to add maybe a defenseman back there. Um, maybe they'll be looking to add maybe a, um, a power, like a power forward, uh, a, skill, a skilled forward, uh, because that, that could uh, complement James Hardy and, and Luca Del Belbelouz and Owen Beck, of course. Uh, uh, those guys, Zach Lavoie, uh, Xander Vecchia, whatnot. But, um, but, but one thing, again, with this team is the rookies have been playing really well this year. Uh, Parker Von Richter, he's a guy that's really on the radar for a lot of NHL teams, uh, defenseman for the uh, Mississauga Steelheads. Uh, 16 years old, plays like he's 25, and he acts like he's 25. He plays well beyond his years. Uh, he's and good he's in his own too. zone. Oh, he's huge. Yeah, he's huge. And, I mean – Guys like him, there's another, you know, Mason Sebesky, uh, I mean, Ryerson Lenders, a 16-year-old goaltender. I mean, um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of good young talent in this team. So it'll be interesting to see what they do at the trade deadline. Um, if he adds, what he adds, I think I'm pretty sure, in my opinion, I don't know for sure, but uh, that he will add, though. It'll be interesting to see yeah. what he adds. So, yeah. yeah, and that that young talent that stepped up and is playing so well makes it a, it makes it uh, an option for him to make these moves and use up some of those draft picks that he would normally need to have to rebuild after losing so many veterans. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can you can afford. I guess I'm pretty sure the Mississauga Steelheads uh, draft cupboard is pretty full right now. So if, if you got a draft cupboard that's full, um, you know if you got a chance to go for it, I guess you're going to go for it. But uh, like I said, I'm not the GM or head coach, but um, yeah. So, but uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens to that. It'll be interesting. So uh, we'll see. It, 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 with this team with the way they are, the way they're poised right now. Um, I mean, the uh, Ottawa 67s, they're going to be a tough team to beat, obviously in the, in the Eastern conference they're in first place. They're just beating everybody right now. Um, other than that, I, I, I mean, North Bay is good. They added, they added, uh, way before the trade deadline, they added Josh Bloom, uh, as well. And, uh, I mean, you look at teams like Peterborough, they added a Brendan Othman, uh, before the trade deadline. Uh, that's another huge pickup. So does that put pressure on James Richmond? Um, I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Right. But the trade deadline, don't forget is January 10th. And I'll go back to, Last year, when when the Hamilton Bulldogs, they were kind of in the same situation, I'm going to say, as the Steelheads. Uh, 
And then they went out and they acquired Mason McTavish. And then he played right after the trade deadline. And I mean, he was just a total game changer for them, right? And then we all know what happened after that. And then it just dominated, uh, won the OHL championship, uh, pretty, almost won the Memorial Cup. So uh, maybe James Richmond's waiting, of course, for the right deal. Uh, maybe he's not going to do anything. Uh, time will tell. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Now, um, before I get into my favorite Habs prospect at the moment, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about some of the other players on the, uh, the uh, Steelheads, uh, namely the uh, those who have been passed over for the draft or um, are available. Uh, and the one that really pops out is someone you already mentioned, and that's Chaz Sharp on defense. Uh, he's a big mm-hmm. kid. He puts up some points. He plays really good two-way hockey. Now, he is uh, he's a bit older. Would, yep. would he be... Uh, in uh, have you seen any NHL scouts looking to maybe sign him to a, you know, a tryout at some point or any word along those lines? I, I've, I've seen honestly, Blaine, and I've seen so many scouts at every single game of Steelhead. You, you see auto, I, I mean, Tampa Bay scouts. I've seen Bruin scouts. I've seen, I've seen Hab scouts there. there. There's all sorts of scouts. So as for Shaz Sharp, yeah, I mean. Why not? He's a big guy. Um, he plays two-way perfectly. Like, I mean, he's so good in his own zone. Uh, and he's really good on the power play, which a lot of people um, overlook. He's got such a good shot. And he, he's got a good awareness of where everybody's going to be. And that's something that's rare, right? And he, he plays so hard. And he only, he only plays one way, and that's hard. So, and, and you, yeah, I mean, you see the guy, I see the guy all the time. And Chaz is, he's such a mild mannered guy too. And, uh, but you can see the intensity on in his face all the time. He is ready to go. There is no fooling around with that guy. That's it. So I could totally see an amateur contract for him. Um, at least a tryout, at least a tryout and maybe catch on with NHL team. Cause he, he could help any NHL team. That's for sure. Even right now he could, in my opinion. Yeah, and I bring him up because if the Canadians' biggest need is puck-moving right-handed defensemen who can play mm-hmm. on a power play. And like you said, that that's what he's doing right now. Yeah. Um, and I've seen him with the Sabres, uh, I think it was last year during their training yep. camp, and he looked really good. And I was surprised that he wasn't signed to a contract. Yeah, I mean, he looked good. Uh, there was another guy, well, Josh Boone looked good, but that's another team. But uh, yeah, no, I was I was surprised too. I thought maybe they're gonna sign him to a contract. But Buffalo, yeah, I mean, if it, that's gonna be Buffalo's loss, then maybe somebody else is gonna pick him up and uh, sign him to, uh, or uh, he can have an amateur try it with someone else, and someone else can sign him. But but uh, like I said, it's uh, that's Buffalo's loss if they don't want to. In my opinion, if they don't want to sign him and. Another team's gain. I, he can play right now. He's like Blaine. He just nailed it. He's a good puck moving defenseman as well. He always has his head up, and uh, he's really good in his own zone. So, um, and he's a right-handed shot, which is hard hard to find. Of course, we all know that, and especially on the power play, he's really good. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with Shaz. Uh, it'll be it, it depends on the rest of the year. We'll see see how we go. We'll see how we uh, see how he does. But he plays right now mostly with Ethan Del Mastro. Uh, those two are really uh, 
uh, play back in the blue line. They're very, very good friends off the ice too. So they have that good, good connection, you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm sure Ethan, you know, that's a pretty good guy to, to learn off of, of course. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I, I expect big things from Shad Sharp. That's for sure. You, you mentioned the friendships on the team. Uh, I have heard that some of the friendships have been strained by some very serious ping pong games. <laughs> oh boy. Casper uh, Larson. Uh, apparently Casper <laughs> Larson's the best uh, ping pong player and uh, Luca Delba blues takes uh, exception to that. And uh, yeah, that, that it could be, uh, yeah, they, they're very intense in their, in their ping pong and, and their pool when they play pool on the road as well. So um, yeah, it's uh <laughs> they're a good group of guys and uh, it's, it's good to see. Hey, I mean, if they, they got that competitive nature in ping pong, they can have that competitive nature on the ice too. Right. And you can totally see it. Yeah. So, but uh, that ping pong thing, yeah. Casper Larson's the champion. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> Until yeah. Del Bell Belouz gets those uh, ping pong videos on the go and he can finally get that, uh, that top spin. Yeah, exactly. He's got to practice. I think I'll practice. I think I'll practice with him on the next road trip. We'll get the ping pong table going and he can just beat the heck out of me. I'm not too good at it. Right. And get some confidence off me and then hope maybe he can beat Casper. Right. <laughs> we all, we can, we can all dream. <laughs> exactly. Good luck. <laughs> oh, now, I, I bring that up because uh, seeing teams uh, become such close knit families for the most part, uh, that breeds success. And that seems to be what coach Richmond's looking to do with that culture in the room. Mm-hmm. Am I far off? No, you're absolutely bang on. It's about culture and he wants the culture and uh, every coach probably wants, you know, uh, wants a good culture, especially in the dressing room. But these guys are, I mean, I'll give you uh we, our very first long road trip, I guess, real road trip was the Saginaw, Flint road trip, the Michigan road trip, right? Um, you really saw the guys come together, kind of like bonding. Like for myself, I see it. It's good to see, especially with uh, the veterans and the rookies talking and the rookies asking the veterans things. And, and, I, and I hear it, right? And the veterans helping the rookies, uh, them playing pool, them playing, uh, going, getting together and uh, going to, to Starbucks, for example, you know, just around the corner and, um, all eating together and um, all that kind of stuff. But uh, the culture is great. And James Richmond, yeah, he's a big, big culture guy. And uh, if he sees that James Richmond, a.k.a. Bill Belichick, if he sees something that is not going to fit the team and the culture, not going to fit his culture, he'll say, he'll say it right away. He doesn't waste any time. He won't, you know, he'll say, hey, you know, what, what's going on here? kind of thing you know and he fixes it up and he's a disciplinarian but he does it in, in such a good way like even with me i'm intimidated by him to be honest with you it, like in a good way right because when i talk to him he has those eyes and like he i don't know how to explain it you're listening you're listening to him he's just that that good presence and the the culture the culture is great with this team and and you could tell richmond has a lot to do with that, with the coaching staff as well, um, the rest of the coaching staff. But these kids are really coming together. And it's just – I feel it's just going to get better and better. And and, and it is. You can really see it. So uh, culture is number one. Like, we, they just acquired 
um, Isaac Enright, like for example, at the beginning of the year, Isaac Enright and uh, JQ Birdie and, you know, Isaac Enright, uh, you could see right away the culture. Uh, for example, this is, I mean, I, Isaac Enright's probably one of my favorites for what he did this one time on the bus on the way back from Flint. You know, he pulls out the accordion, right? And he starts <laughs> playing the accordion in the back of the bus. And I, I'm just, I'm, you know, I sit, in, I sit near the front, right? Obviously, I'm, I'm just like, oh my goodness, I got to hire this guy for a wedding or something, right? And I always bug him about that, you know? And I had him, I had him on my broadcast as well. And, and you know what? They did karaoke in the front of the bus, right? And for the rookies, right? So they're telling, like, this is what I'm talking about with the culture. And it, it, it's so fun. And, and, and James Hardy was the one who ran it. And uh, he asked me to go. They asked me to go up. I said, no, no, no. I, 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 I really didn't want it. Right? I, just, I said, no, my throat. Right. <laughs> get up here. Come on. Get up here, Mikey. Come on. Let's go. All right. All right. So I went up there and I did it. Right. And they made me sing Milkshake. <laughs> Out of all the songs, Milkshake, I said, I said, what am I going to train? And, you know, what am I, excuse me, what am I going to uh, sing? And the trainer, Tom Frater, he says to me, okay, hold on a second. He goes, all right, so let's get, uh, let's get this one out. And all right. Okay. You sing this one, right? I, okay. All right. So, you know, I, I sang that for about maybe like 30 seconds and I did that and, um, you know, whatever. I'm just saying like the, <laughs> the culture is amazing. Uh, they made, you know, everybody was there, not just the rookies, right? Everybody's just getting up there and doing it. Uh, it was nice to see Lucas Carmier. That's another rookie we didn't talk about on the radar. He, he's, he's, he's slowly number one draft pick of the Steelers. He's slowly getting really, really good. And, uh, he's, he's going to be a good one for the Steelheads moving forward. And he's a guy that's, um, uh, plays hard, comes to the rink every night, but that culture. Yeah. He, I just remember him singing too. All of us were, like I said, but, uh, yeah, it was a lot and of I fun. Bring... cultures. Sorry. For <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing more fun than some karaoke amongst friends. I'll tell you that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, I've got yeah. stories about that, but, uh, my boss might be upset if I mention any of them. Uh oh. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> some of the, some of the songs are, some of the songs are X-rated. Yeah. I understand that. So we got to. No, no. It's the costumes that were really. Oh, the point. costumes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I bring up the culture of the team because I find that that's, that is the foundation of a player's development. To be in the proper uh, cultural, you know, hockey cultural uh, supportive atmosphere, I find mm -hmm. creates a better hockey player because they're more receptive to what they're learning. They're more apt to step up for their teammates. And this is why I bring it up because Owen Beck, who is my favorite Canadians prospect right now is a centerpiece of the steelheads at the moment. And he definitely is. when he slid, and I do believe he slid down the draft board to the Canadians, mm -hmm. that was a huge, that was a home run for the Habs. And he played a great season last year but he has stepped it up this year. What is it that you've seen that has made that difference for him so far? He's more aggressive 
now, I find. He's more aggressive, uh, quiet leader, that's for sure. Um, he's not a raw, raw guy. He's not a raw, raw guy. He's not a guy that's going to come into the dressing room and say, hey, come on, guys, uh, you know, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, he'll show it on the ice. For example, um, it was a, twice now he's done it this year where I remember it was the game against Windsor. Uh, I can't remember who it was from Windsor hit a, a steelhead player from behind. And here came Owen back to the rescue to stick up for his teammates. Right. And he dropped the gloves and they both dropped the gloves. And I think it was Sobolev, I believe on Windsor and whatever. Five That's right. It was. For fighting. Yes. And right after that, the team just feeds fed off of that and they fed off of that and they just played harder, harder. And, he did it again against Kingston, you know, and he throws the big hit, the intensity level. Once he steps on the ice, it's just, man, it, he just makes things happen. Uh, again. Yeah. Against Kingston. Like I said, uh, he did it again. It was, um, he got hit. I think, no, it wasn't Kingston or was it? No, it was Kingston. He got, he got hit. Friday against Sault Ste. Marie. Sault Ste. Marie. Oh, oh, that's um, he right. took a hit. Yes, yes, yes. So he took a hit. And it was kind of, you know, he kind of had his head down and whatever. And you wouldn't see that from Owen Beck before, you wouldn't see him drop the gloves as much. But now he's dropping the gloves and he's and he's really, really sticking up for himself, kind of thing. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna bully me, right? And he dropped the gloves and he took them on, and it was just and again, the team just fed off of that. They feed off of him. They feed off of his intensity to be a quiet leader on the ice, off the ice. I mean, you wouldn't even know he's a hockey player, to tell you the truth. He's just regular guy, just like us, and you can talk to him. And um, I talked to him about – I had a nice – a good interview with him, six-minute one, um, talking about uh, what he did with his money and what he's going to do and uh, – moving forward and always doing his stuff. And I, I said, well, what did you do with your first contract? And he said to me, he goes, oh, well, he goes, I bought a car. And he goes, the rest I invest. Here's a guy with smarts as well. I mean, yeah. <laughs> look at his last year, advanced functions. I, I, I took the liberty of writing this down for you. Advanced functions, 96%. University chemistry last year, 93%. Okay, kinesiology, 94%. Calculus, 91%. University biology, 93%. That is a smart kid. Um, he understands the game. I mean, 60, he won 60% of the faceoffs last year with the Steelheads. And even in the preseason with the Habs, he won 59.7% of the draws. And what yeah. does that, and what does, Faceoffs mean when you win faceoffs, especially at that age, at 18, more ice time. I was so impressed with him, the way he played with the Habs. And you know this because I was messaging you and I was scared you guys were going to keep him this year. <laughs> When's he coming back? When's he coming back? I really did think he was going to make the Habs roster this year. I really did. But the Habs did the right thing by sending him back, I believe, in my in my opinion, this year to get that hopefully world junior experience, hopefully to get an OHL championship, right. To get that championship feeling under his belt. Uh, I mean, 
he's just a, he's just a leader off the ice. I mean, he, he's unbelievable. I mean, he tied a franchise record this year with six points in one game. I mean, this just came to my head as well. Yeah. Wow. Six points in one game. Quietly, though. Nobody really talked about it, right? I know I did, right? I know, you know, you did and stuff, and all the Habs fans did, right? But uh, unbelievable, uh, unbelievable kid, unbelievable player. Do I think he's going to be NHL ready this next year? It's a big, big possibility. So, so, big, big possibility. I think it depends on this year how he does this year. So, I mean... Uh, he's got 15 goals, 14 assists through 20 games this year. Last year, um, he wasn't on this pace at all. So he's scoring more. He's assisting more. He's dropping the gloves more. Uh, like, I mean, not, you know, physical. I'm saying being physical, not dropping the gloves as in like a goon or anything like that. You know, obviously. Yeah, obviously. And uh, he's more physical. He's, yeah, his points, his point production is off the charts. So. Um, I just can't wait to see how he's going to develop this year even more. So he's, uh, he's, he's something special to watch. And it's a, it's a pleasure to cover him. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure to cover him. And, uh, yeah. Unbelievable kid. So most people, they, uh, they, they love watching the stats. They, they stat watch, you know, he's got more goals. He's got more assists. Uh, he's, so he must be way better. But what I've noticed is with, with his scoring anyway, he's got, he's improved his shot. He's worked on that. He's improved on his footwork for speed so he can open up some lanes. But it's his focus on the smaller details in the game where he's like the face-offs you mentioned. He's still one Mm -hmm. of the best in the the OHL, but he's also one of the better defensive centers in the OHL as well. How can I I not forget that? My goodness, (laughs) 200-foot game, the best. The best 200-foot game. Like, for example, oh, my goodness. I've seen it so many times with him this year that uh, there'll be an odd man rush one way, say a three-on-two, say four, whatever, uh, Kingston, say on Sunday. And he's coming back. But then, you know what? He's he's making the play defensively coming back. I remember him lifting the stick and making an absolute gorgeous play. And they all came back as a unit, right? And Owen Beck led it. Right, and he he leads it, and and that's what I'm talking about with with his 200 foot game. The guys really feed off of that, but uh, his 200 foot game is uh, probably for his age, probably the best in the OHL. I don't see anybody right now that's even close to that. Not again, not just saying that because I'm a Steelhead broadcaster, or before uh, you for the Habs or anything like that. Right, but. Uh, uh, he's, he's so good at that 200-foot game. And that's what coaches look for in the NHL, right? They, they want that 200-foot player. And uh, I'll tell you, getting him 33rd overall, man, oh, man, at 18 years old, think about how much better he's going to get. And have fans, I mean, everywhere, got to be very, very excited a while of what he's going to bring in the future. He's unbelievable. Well, with the Canadians prospect pool as it is now, uh, a lot of other players have been getting uh, the billing, the headlines, uh, you know, uh, Lane Hudson for this flashy offense, uh, Slavkovsky because he's first overall and he's on the team, Meshar uh, for some highlight reel moves. But for me, it's that steady, consistent, reliable play that Owen Beck brings that's very, very pro-ready, pro-style that I truly enjoy watching. Mm-hmm. 
No, I agree. You know what? I I go back to his press conference. You remember his press conference we did with the Montreal Canadiens uh, when he signed his entry level deal, and yes. how mature he was handling that that um, news conference. And I mean, and he just carries that on the ice. He's just such a mature player beyond his age. Right. I mean, he's 18. He plays like he's 20, like, like a five-year veteran in the, in the NHL, as far as I'm concerned. Right. Uh, in the preseason, I go back to it uh, for the Habs. My goodness. I mean, he was playing with Cole Caulfield and they had such a good chemistry. They had such good chemistry together. Uh, and every time he stepped on the ice, it seemed like something happened going back. Right. Yeah. And I'm just like, and again, I'm thinking of myself selfishly. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, he better come back. Oh my gosh, he's looking way too good in Montreal right now. <laughs> but uh, he is, uh, man, he's so sweet. He's a, he's a special player, and he, and he comes from a good family too, right? And and that's the main thing. And they, they brought him up very very well. Uh, you can totally see that. Uh, uh, one one guy that I know broadcaster Pete Dalladay is a broadcaster for the Peterborough Peets and his wife actually works with uh Owen Beck's mom and Pete Dalladay has nothing but good things to say about that family he just says they're so humble they're so nice they're just hard-working people just regular Joes you know and uh, and, and that's the stuff that I respect um, that the family a good family brings them up like that so uh it's hard work hard work gets you places and Owen Beck is a hard worker and he does all the little things on the ice. And um, I, I, I appreciate those kind of players the most. Yeah. The, the reaction that he and his family had when he was drafted, I was there uh, covering the draft this year in Montreal and that sent that, that sense of relief when he got picked. And then afterwards, hmm. when he was walking around the concourse, a sense of pride and it, it his his mom crying behind him the whole way around oh, and they're man, it man. just they they just exuded that you know that just a normal family just you know it's something great happened yeah like that's that's what i mean like there's just something great and um hard-working family good good people owen beck and, he, and just he he's so humble too right he doesn't take yeah everything and say oh well hey i got the contract you know well you know you see i've seen it in the past you know you see the guys that get the entry level deal and they say oh well you know it's about time kind of thing and i should have got this you know two years ago or a year ago right not one back one back you know he kept it humble and he said hey you know what okay i'm gonna work hard and thank you and i'm gonna be the best that i can be right and uh you gotta like that from him and Man, and, and the Montreal media, and I asked him about, well, I asked him, you know, obviously about the French and stuff, and he started laughing. Yeah. And uh, he's he's getting to learn it. So he's going to be perfect in French, I'll tell you that, with his marks. So he's probably going to learn French probably way before any of us uh, people that don't know French. He'll probably learn it within, probably, uh, give, him, give him two months. He'll probably learn it <laughs> better, than, better than any French person in Quebec. Sorry about that, but... <laughs> Well, his, just, just saying, I'm just kidding around about that, but you know what I mean. His, his French yeah. wasn't that bad. He knows a few words. Uh, yeah. When I, I got the opportunity to speak to him for like two minutes, 
And he was able to speak a little bit of French to some of the people around us. And I was very impressed with uh, how he did it. He, he slid that in pretty easily. Uh, and you can tell he put in some effort. Uh, maybe from high school, he learned a little bit. Either way, he, he mm -hmm. had some. So that's a good foundation for him, especially in that market. Now, well, I would say, yeah. That kind of player, that those that intelligence, that uh, that steady, reliable play with that skill, is the reason why I think he should be a a major piece of Team Canada for the World Juniors. I I think so too, and I've looked at some of the prognosticators that have put their World Junior lineups on there, and I've not seen Owen Beck in a couple of them, and I'm thinking to myself. What are they thinking? But, you know, they're so-called prognosticators. I'm not going to say any names, of course, and stuff like that. But I'll tell you what. If I'm head coach Dave Cameron, that is one of the first guys I'm looking at, especially against the European teams. They're fast. You need 200-foot guys. You need guys that are going to come back and do stuff in the defensive zone and come back and do stuff offensively. And Owen Beck would fit Team Canada perfectly, in my opinion. Um, so let's just hope he makes it. I just, it's just mind boggling that he's not on some of the radar. Cares, but everybody has their own opinion, of course, and whatever, but I, I fully expect him to get in there and make it because he's Dolan Beck's the type of guy when he wants it, he goes and gets, it. he's a go-getter. He's a go-getter, right? And he's not a type of guy that's just going to stand back and say, I should have it given to me because I'm, I don't know. Uh, I, I can't even think of somebody, for example, to tell you the truth, but you know what I mean, right? So uh, he's a goal-getter, and I expect him totally to work hard and to get one of those spots for Team Canada and how much he will help Team Canada get a medal, which we all are all, are all expected to win. We all are all expected Team Canada to win a gold medal, so we'll see about that. <laughs> Well, yeah. living in Halifax, it would be very nice to see them win a gold medal here in front of the fans in this city. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. oh, I might have to. Oh, I can't make a trip down there. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. But I'm Christmas time coming up and then games coming up in between there. Yeah, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but that's going to be a good time. I, yes. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a great time. And I bring up the fact that Owen Beck should be on the uh, on people's mm -hmm. lists because uh, Dave Cameron has a specific style of hockey he enjoys, and with the tournament happening in Halifax and Moncton, uh, well, for Canada the games will all be in Halifax. It's a North American size rink, regulation rink, uh, and that style of player against faster, uh, skillful teams is the exact player that Dave Cameron would have on his lineup. Even if it starts as a fourth-line center, I think if he does make it, he'll work his way up to possibly the top line. Totally agree. Totally agree. Because what's Dave Cameron, Dave Cameron team's known for is structure. Structure, yeah. hard work. Um, look at the Ottawa 67s this year, for example. Not really any high-end guys up there. They have guys, every player has like two or three goals for that team. And it's because the way they play, they play hard, Owen Beck style, 200 foot game, Owen Beck style. This is kind of like James Richmond and 
Dave Cameron are very, very similar coaches in that way. Uh, but Dave Cameron, yeah, he would fit Dave Cameron's system perfectly. And I fully expect him. I agree with you on that, that, you know, he could start on the fourth line, maybe even a third line for, you know, with all, but there's way so much talent though. And, and he could totally move his way up exactly on this team Canada team. That's uh, going to be coming for low juniors, but uh, yeah, totally expect him to, to move up because of that two hundred foot game, especially on the North American rinks against the European teams. I mean, like I said, they're just so fast, right? You need those 200 foot players. You and own it back fits Dave Cameron's system to the team, 100%. And I selfishly, I wouldn't mind seeing an all Habs line with uh, Riley Kidney, <laughs> Owen Beck, and Joshua Roy. Oh, my goodness. Imagine that. Oh, my God. I mean, I think they would probably, wow, they, they might like just rip up the tournament, those three, right? I mean, we're talking top line, historical, yeah. you know, history making line. Yeah. Absolutely. Those three, especially, but imagine how pumped they would be every time they step on the ice together, like three Habs prospects. I mean, they might be saying a few words to each other. Hey, I'm going to make them before you and stuff like that and whatever, but <laughs> guess what? Together on the ice, they're probably going to play dynamic. I, I just can't believe I, I actually, it's, it's a good thing when I say this is just, I can't believe how good the Habs are doing, developing their prospects right now. So much deep talent. Um, man, this half seems going to be really good in about two in about two or three years, and uh, wow, just unbelievable! And with Owen Beck, as you said, and uh, the other two in that same line, I, I, I can imagine that. I would love to see it, and how, how awesome would that be? It would be really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that pretty much covers everything I want to talk about with the Steelheads and Beck. Um, can you give us an idea, uh, give us a little bit of a view on what their upcoming schedule is uh, for the next week? Yeah, sure. They, on Friday, uh, Friday against, it's at home against the Hamilton Bulldogs. Uh, always a battle. It's, it's a big rivalry, 35 minutes away, 20 minutes away. Um, remember, the Bulldogs were the team that knocked out the uh, Mississauga Steelheads the last, last season in the playoffs. Uh, they are one and one this year against each other. Uh, it was the Bulldogs winning the first game by the score of uh, eight, or excuse me, the Bulldogs. No, they did not. The Steelheads won eight to two at home. Um, and then the second game against the Bulldogs in Hamilton, it was one of those games, you know, just kind of, kind of came out a little bit slow. They couldn't recover. Uh, they ended up losing that game in overtime. Um, so that's Friday night. Uh, that's going to be a good one. I, I fully expect the Steelheads to come out really hard in that game and all weekend Saturday is going to be a little bit of a test. They're at Erie against the Erie Otters. Um, tough place to play the Erie Insurance Arena Saturday night. They got a big crowd there as always. Um, Erie's a really, really pesky team. They really, really work hard. They got uh, Kairu back there in defense, who's uh, an unbelievable defenseman. Uh, they, they don't have – that's another team that doesn't really have a lot of big names, the Erie Otters, but they play hard. And they play hard for Coach B.J. Adams, and he's a heck of a coach. Uh, but uh, still had to be ready for that. And then Sunday, of course, those London Knights that everybody loves in uh, town in Mississauga on Sunday, and that is the Teddy Bear Toss game. So really looking forward to that. Yeah, right? So that's a 4 p.m. start. Uh, Saturday's a 7 p.m. And uh, Friday's a uh, 7 p.m. as well. But that Teddy Bear Toss game, of course, that's that's uh, 
one of the best games of the year, especially close to Christmas time. So I put out my picks for uh, Teddy Bertoss goal in Mississauga. Um, I did say Owen Beck, uh, yes, uh, number one, but I did say James Hardy as well. James Hardy, man, he's my second pick. And that's a guy I just want to talk about him for, for a second. I mean, he is so, he's got such a good shot and he is, he's a leader he's an, another leader and he's a boston bruins um prospect pretty much right um he went to bruins camp um i fully expect him uh to make there's another guy i fully expect him to get a, a contract or at least an amateur trial another trial with another team and that's going to be boston's loss of course if they don't sign him uh but um look for look for james hardy maybe to get that that goal if Owen Beck doesn't. But uh, watch, it's going to be someone else. It's probably going to be Mason Zabeski, a rookie. It usually happens like that, right? So yeah. maybe Parker Von Richter, uh, maybe maybe Lucas Carmiris. I don't know. So, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> it's gonna. It's always the yeah. best game of the year, and I'm looking forward to it. I got, I got two teddy bears ready, so I'm ready to throw <laughs> them on the ice. We'll see if I, my arm can make it all the way down there. So probably won't. It'll probably end up in the 10th row, but uh, I'll try my best. <laughs> I love those the teddy bear toss ones. games. That's a, that's a great junior hockey tradition. Oh, it's so amazing. It's so awesome. I mean, they look at all the te- teddy bear toss games that are going on right going on that have gone on right now. Uh, uh, Erie just had theirs, you know, they had to wait a long time for the third period, but you see it and you know, it's going for a good cause. And these are all going to children's hospital for kids that need it and stuff. And I mean, and that's what, that's what gets me is it's the kids and you help the kids and uh, that's it's just such a good thing. And um, hopefully the Steelheads can score first and they don't have to wait too long to throw these bears and I don't have to wait too long to throw mine. And uh, they can take care of business this weekend. But uh, it's going to be a tough one because road, it's three and three. Three and threes are always hard. So you look at seven, seven o'clock on Friday, and then you look at uh, seven o'clock on Saturday. Then you come back because uh, they're coming there and back. It's a drive to Erie and then back to back to Mississauga. And then you got a quick turnaround 4 o'clock p.m. against the London Knights. But this is what these kids, they got to learn. This this is kind yeah. of like a pro schedule, right? You look at these kind of things. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and you can catch every game. If uh, if you want to listen to one back, uh, Saga 960 AM or Saga960.ca, uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, missing Owen Beck and the team. This, this team's really destined to do big things. And Owen Beck is definitely one of the leaders, the leader on this, one of the leaders, I'll say one of the leaders on this Mississauga Steelheads team. Well, Mike, I want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing your insights on the team and on Owen Beck and some uh, some really nice, really good behind the scenes stories. Uh, we really like that here. Uh, my listeners do appreciate the time you've spent uh, with with me today, uh, I I know I do. So again, thank you very yeah, much. And you. for my listeners, remember if you're talking about it, so are we. You looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man Podcast. Join me, host Mike C, as we explore all areas of human wellness, physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, 
and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain App, and at naturalmanpodcast.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.